And the one two. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. Up for grabs. Before the day is over, every member of this body will make a choice. Stand with women to protect their freedoms or stand with MAGA Republicans and take our country into a dark and repressive future. You gotta be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. Frustrated by high prices by gridlock in Congress. But then I'll come your way. Turn your blackest night into day. When you're needing it bad, cause of rough times you've had, I'm gonna look you straight in the eye and I'm gonna say, Who loves you, baby? Welcome back to the Unregulated <laughs> Podcast. This is episode number 83 here on Wednesday, March 11th in the AEA studios. I am your co-host, Tom Pyle. And I'm your co-host, Telly Savalas. And Who loves, loves you, you, baby? baby. <laughs> <laughs> that, of course, was from that awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome Twitter page, Super 70s Sports, at Super 70s Sports. And if... You're, if you don't have that on your feed, yeah, you're you missing need, out. You need you to get on it right away. Out. It's epic. It's good stuff. It's epic. And that was Telly Zavallis, in case you couldn't identify who Telly Zavallis oh, was. Man. Heaven help us. Producer, do you know who Telly Zavallis is? No. We're not oh, supposed to man. bust on the producer, but we're going to keep doing it anyway. All right. You got any announcements for the week? I have um, some shout outs to our customers, our listeners. Uh, Barbara, uh, B, thank Hi, you. Hi, Barbara. Thank you for... Um, Thank you for listening and for um, getting your brother to listen to. Probably the most mentally healthy thing he's going to do this week. So that's good. I um, also want to um, give a shout out to a friend of mine from the from an administration some time ago, um, Phil Linderman. Phil, thank you for taking the time this afternoon. Listen to the podcast. Eventually, I'll get you back on the monthly note. Um, and to um, Margaret, I appreciate MC. you. MC. MC Hammer. Um, who said we should talk more about baseball, not less about baseball. So we're going to let her fight it out. And, um, and a special shout out to Mark Menzies, who I ran across yesterday. Mm. Yeah. So. I will withhold comment on all of that. I know you will. I appreciate that. <laughs> and then uh, we were just chatting earlier before we went on the air. I said, how come I don't get all this feedback? To which my co-host said, you have to talk to people in order say. for them to give you feedback. Say, <laughs> so, feedback's a, I guess I'll take that. It's, it's a. People don't usually just send it over in a text like, hey, you're doing great. You know, sure. Thanks. All right. Well, this is um, – I don't have any of this day in history today. It just was kind of a boring day in history. Probably so we're going to pass the best. that segment. We are uh, – uh, this is our final tribute to Circleback. Yeah, that's right. This is our last week on the job. She will be leaving her post on May 13th, a mere two days from recording. Yeah. Should be gone uh, by the end of the week. be replaced by – Karine, Karine Jean Pierre, yeah, who called everyone who is on Fox News and everyone who watches Fox News a horrible racist. Yeah, I'm looking forward to her objectivity there up up there on the podium. Yeah, we're going to talk about this when we talk about the Schumer vote the, today because they're they're they are two peas in a pod, and it's not immediately clear um, how they're connected. But I will connect them for you. Well, let's get right into it because I, 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 let me start with a, 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 a probably one of not our our last final. Jen Psaki clips. Yeah, let's hope it's one uh, of the unregulated. Well, I bet you should be a source of content over on MSNBC. All right, let's see what we got here. 
I'll let others define that, but there are lots of ways to peaceful protest. What's also important to note here is what I would call the hypocrisy of the silence on the other side when there have been intimidation protests uh, outside of the homes of school board members, the Michigan Secretary of State. Um, there have been countless women who have dealt with and navigated through threats made as they're seeking reproductive health care, which, by the way, has been legal for 50 years. And there has been no outcry about that. There has been outcry about uh, about protests that have been peaceful outside of judges' homes, which, again, uh, you know, have been peaceful and have not been violent. And the president has been clear about his view on them. Yeah. Thank you. It's against the damn law. Oh, really? Does I mean, that it's a, really it's, matter? It's a violation of federal law. It's yeah. a felony. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it, you would think that the press secretary of the president of the United States would be fully aware that parading or protesting in front of a federal judge's house is a federal felony. I'm amazed she doesn't. I really am. Even by the incredibly low standards of this administration, I'm amazed she doesn't. Well, you, you know, I mean, she's... As you you know, she's brilliant on on energy issues over over this past however however, however long she's been Brother. manning the podium. Here's one more. Can you give us a little more specifics about any new policies the administration might be considering to address uh, high gas prices, and how seriously is the administration considering calling for suspension of the federal gas tax? Well, I would say in the federal gas tax, that is an option on the table. Um, there, um, it would lower uh, gas, I think about, you can check me on this, I think you know the answer, uh, about 18 cents, I believe. Um, and certainly that's something that uh, remains on the table. There are a lot of ideas in Congress about <laughs> steps that can be taken um, to lower gas prices, even temporarily, or provide some relief to Americans. So we're in a constant discussion about that. He does continue to uh, view uh, the challenge as one being about ensuring there's supply in the marketplace. Um, and obviously, he's taken the steps he took with the, re the historic release from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We'll continue to talk with big global producers about what uh, steps we can take. And he's going to continue to look at steps we can take to provide relief to Americans. That was, by the way, the word salad of the week. I try well. really hard not to hate people, but but when 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 people are willfully ignorant across several months, at a certain point, you just want to hit them in the head with a two by four. It it in that list of things we're doing in nowhere. <laughs> No, nowhere in that list is, oh, we're going to make it easier for domestic producers to produce. We're going to encourage them to accelerate production and expand production and all that other hoorah. I give her full credit. I give uh, assistant to the president, the honorable Jennifer Saki, I give her full credit for at least identifying the problem as one of supply. I yeah. will, however, give her nothing but demerits for, hey, you know, we're still having those discussions. Hey, gang, this isn't a faculty lounge. Stuff's actually going on out in the real world. You will be awarded no points. I'm just it. It okay. Well, just to reinforce, please uh, make the, it stop. Just to reinforce, I'm going to kick over to another oh, honorable there's, there's uh, in the administration. Just to reinforce that message, um, that the administration is not responsible for anything happening adversely to American families in this country. Secretary Jenny was on the hot seat on Capitol Hill this past week, and she had this to say about her, her administration's role in gas prices. You do not believe any of your policies have impacted the supply of oil and gas in this country? Nor does uh, the CEOs of the oil and gas industries, 94% of whom have said that the failure to produce more have nothing to do with uh, the policies of government. Yeah, I... <laughs> what is the 94%? 94%? Where the hell does that come mean? from? <laughs> 
Did you see that? Did you hear God, that? Like God Almighty, it's not bad enough. We got Americans lying to us. Now we got Canadians lying to us. Okay, so I I didn't bring this up last week, and one of our listeners because you were afraid my head was going to explode. No, no, no. One of our listeners uh, brought it up to me, saying, "Did you hear this comment?" And it's it drove her it drove her nuts. So I want to play I want to play the clip that set off. April, and then uh, one and our last and final secretary cir- or, uh, circle back um, before she departs us and moves on to, to MSNBC pastures. Because this MAGA crowd is really the most extreme political ex- organization that's existed in American history. Okay, so sure. that's the uh, the line that set off one of my one of our listeners yeah, who would consider herself a MAGA. It's, Republican, it, it's supposed to. It was supposed to set her off. That's why she. That's why he said it. The unifier and, and ultra maga. Yeah, that's where we're going here. So they they're not only did they did they hey, maga it up, but they're ultra maga. What it's we, ultra maga what now. We, what are we? What do you figure? We're 12, 24 hours away from the first T-shirt showing up. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, an totally. ultra maga. We can't be more than twenty-four oh, totally. hours away. Somebody's right. going to make a killing. I'm very, very glad about that. Here we go. This is uh, the final. Circle back clip in the unregulated podcast history. I have a question on messaging. Who came up with this phrase ultra MAGA? Uh, why the need to, to kick it up a notch? Well, MAGA wasn't enough. I mean, why now use this phrase? I, I will tell you is the, is the president's phrase and the president uh, it's made those comments himself um, just last week, as you know. And I think what has struck him is how extreme some of the policies and proposals are that a certain wing of the Republican Party that is taking up too much of the Republican Party are, are for and are advocating for. And you've, you've heard the president talk about this, it's, but it's not just, obviously, uh, putting at risk a woman's right to make choices about her own health care. It is also, as you heard him talk about this morning, Rick Scott's extreme plan that will raise taxes on 75 million Americans from Wisconsin. less than 100000 a year. Uh, it is Rick Scott's plan to get rid of. Yada, yada, yada. So their campaign strategy is shaping up. It's all about Trump yet again. This is going, this is what they're, what they're attempting to do here uh, in, in the run up to the midterms is to make this a referendum on Donald J. Trump, the ultra MAGA Republican party. Yeah. It, it, um, okay. We'll talk more about this when we get to the campaign season. We get to the campaign portion of the festivities today, because um, I do want to come back to Rick Scott on this. And, and meanwhile, this was from Politico today. Okay. Inflation's biting, rows fraying, Dems are still trying to connect with voters. This is about a heartfelt speech that Representative Katie Porter of California gave to the Democrat uh, conference about the trying to get them to understand and relate to what's going on in the real world, right? Her example was she pulled a, a, a package of bacon out of her grocery store cart because it was spiked to $9.99 a pound, right? And went on to say, uh, too often Congress recognizes issues too late. I had a colleague mention to me, we're not seeing it in the polls. Well, you don't know what to ask, Porter said. The whole article goes on to, to explain that if 
<laughs> I'll read a quote. At the same challenge of effective messaging exists on very different issue now that Roe v. Wade could fall to the Supreme Court. Every single time the Democrats quote unquote struggle, their response is we just aren't communicating our agenda effectively enough with the voters. They just don't understand what we're trying to do for them. Well, in all fairness, the Republicans have the same problem when they're when they're struggling, right? It, Frank Luntz, who was a, a friend, um, but not someone I would I would in whose shoes I would follow. But Frank makes a good point. He says, you know what? Saying you're not communicating well and communicating well are not the same things. You know, if your problem's messaging, fix it and move along. But of course, the problem here is not messaging. Yeah. The problem is the message. The problem is the actual product that's being produced. Uh, to her credit, she's in the left wing here. She's in the, you know, she, if she's not a squad member, she's, re, you know, a runner up. You have to see it. Voters are quick to be able to sense when something is hollow rhetoric. It's not about just switching up your talking to points. It's about seeing the issues and understanding. That's right. The it's issues. It's, it's the grocery store test. Yeah. It's a grocery store test. You know, anybody who's anybody who has to go home and like walk in a grocery store, they see voters and they see voters in the aisle. And you know, George Allen used to say, I do not want to have somebody come up to me in U Crops, which is a grocery store in Richmond. I don't want to have somebody come up to me in U Crops and ask me a question uh, like that somebody should know and have no idea what to say. And I always thought that's a great test, right? Because nobody wants that. Nobody wants to have one of their neighbors go, "Hey, Dave, what are you doing here?" Well, uh, let me explain how complicated it is to you. So, Katie Porter's not a bad politician. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that that is it for uh, sec- Circle Back. Thank Yay. you very much for all the good the yeah. good material. Thanks uh, for we're the gonna content. Miss we're not, but we're, you're not too far away. Okay, numbers, numbers, numbers. Yeah. Their their numbers are out again. What can you tell us? 8.3%, which is hotter than expected. 8.3%. That's the year-over-year headline number. Core year-over-year. That strips out food energy. That's 6.2%. The expectation, 6%. So, again, these year-over-year numbers are hotter than expected. And, and, and again, this is we're watching the market. uh, There goes the Dow. There goes the entire rally. All right. Let's get to uh, the month-over-month number right now. We we came in at 0.3% month-over-month. That is hotter than expected. You strip out food and energy, and you're coming in at 0.6%. Again, hotter than expected. 8.3%. Eight point three percent. Yeah, it, you know, basically flat from last month. You know, right. The, the real number is probably ten percent. Yeah, the real inflation is. I want to. I want to just bang up some of these numbers. Forty three point six percent since last year. Guess how many more gasoline? Yeah, electricity eleven, meat, poultry, fish thirteen, milk fourteen, eggs twenty two, coffee thirteen, used cars twenty two. Airfare thirty three, real average hourly earnings negative two point six. Yeah, you know the funny thing is, what's probably going to cure this is in addition to the recession we're about to go into is when the housing bubble pops. Um, however, I'm not sure everyone's going to be really <sighs> excited about that answer. Yeah, especially me, since since I'm, you know, thinking about making some real estate exchanges here in the immediate well, future. Get on with it. Get on with it, sister. Sir. Um, okay, so Rick Santelli had a, a couple of <laughs> a cool comments. I'll play those as well, and we can talk about a little bit about energy. 
And I still say if there's one word about what the future of the world's economy looks like down the road and people aren't going to like this, it's about the cost of energy. If people want to keep energy prices high and the governments want to have secret meetings about really not being all that enamored with fossil fuel at this point in history, then we're all doomed to much slower economies down the road. Period. True. That's it. Fact check true. Fact check true. Yeah, that was a deep bit. I'll make a prediction right now. And and I'll, the only people who are going to make money in the next five or six years in the, in the oh, five or six, in the next three years in the stock market, people with lots of exposure to legitimate energy. Not fake energy now, legit energy, oil and gas. Okay, so... Um, I'm sorry. I apologize for all my wind and solar friends out there. I meant no disrespect to your fake energy. There's two articles I want to bring to your attention. Uh, they're related. Yes. One is from yesterday's Wall Street Journal. Woke Inc. author startup to take on BlackRock. Backed by Peter Thiel and Bill Ackman, Vivek Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. Strive will tell CEOs to stay out of politics. Uh, Vivek Made his fortune in phar pharmaceutical startups before writing the book Woke Inc. Says he's raised $20 million to start a fund manager that would urge companies not to wade into hot-button social and environmental issues. Teal invested both personally and through his founder's fund. The firm called Strive will be based uh, far from Wall Street in Ohio. And um, his approach will be, quote-unquote, excellence capitalism. Focused on letting companies do what they do best and nothing else against what he sees as a creeping liberal bias inside BlackRock and its peers, Vanguard and State Street. Those firms in recent years have become almost unimaginably large, managing $20 trillion in assets, have embraced stakeholder capitalism, which considers outcomes, not just profits. Whitestone was the original name of the of the project, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought you should have kept it. It's great. Seriously, man. Right? Um, and then, of course, uh, the the BlackRock folks had nothing to say about it. But in this article from Reuters also yesterday, BlackRock to back fewer shareholder resolutions in this AGM session. And it went on to say, BlackRock said Tuesday it expected to support fewer resolutions on issues such as climate change in the current season of annual general meetings, as many proposals were too prescriptive. The nature and cert of certain shareholder proposals in 2022 means we're unlikely to support proxy uh, voters this season than in 2021, as we do not consider them to be consistent with our long-term financial interests. Okay. And it said... Among votes that BlackRock has already opposed was an April 13 call for Canadian lender Bank of Montreal to adopt a policy to link financing with the IEA net zero emission 2050 scenario. Yeah. So BlackRock yeah. is basically a victim of their own rhetoric and well, of their own actions, and now they're trying to back away. I was going to say they're going to they're going to make a bunch of money. They're just they they read the tea leaves. It's the same look. It's the same story. If, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to say this, and you're going to say, yep. This is like everything else, right? It takes the Republicans about two years to sort of get up, Republicans, conservatives, whatever. It takes them about two years to identify a problem and mount up a like successful opposition to it. This ESG stuff is about two years old, two and a half years old, and and guys are starting to, you know, the, 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 um, the birds of prey are starting to circle around it, and 
that's thing one. And Larry Fink, aptly named Larry Fink, who runs BlackRock, right? He 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 senses the changing tides. Um, so we had Jamie Dimon. Seeing a light. As an unapologetic apology. Seeing a light. And now we have BlackRock, like, basically swatting back these climate proposals. I would, I would simply remind you that um, St. Paul uh, was one of the most energetic slaughterers of Christians. Tormentor of early Christians. And uh, on his way to Tarsus had a, a metanoia, a conversion. Jamie Dimon, Larry Fink, St. Paul. Yeah, well, same, same. Um, one last thought, right? I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Peter Thiel is is um, making he's making Peter he's, Thiel he's is making waves. You, for you, sure. Yeah, he he is he is. Um, we got to get that guy, come, Peter. If you're listening, come support the American Energy Alliance. He's going to be a, he's going to be a pretty significant player. Um, if if everything keeps going, he's going to be a pretty significant player in 2024 and beyond. Interestingly enough, a former partner with. Elon Musk, who has also made a few more waves this week, yeah, saying that uh, he's going to let the boss back banning on. the boss was morally reprehensible and I, stupid. I, I'm I, not sure I, it's that bad. Only only, only but, somebody who doesn't believe in God could say it's morally <laughs> reprehensible. Right, exactly. It literally has nothing to do with morality. But here's the thing: boss says no. It's like, oh, as a friend of ours said, you put a yeah man, you put a bottle of vodka in front of an alcoholic, yeah. It's it's. I, I just I don't see him. I I don't see him staying away. I I, I don't know. Guess have forty million followers. I just He's gonna don't be see back him staying on. away. He'll be back on before, within six months of when he gets left back on, he'll be back on. Now I'm still not convinced that this deal is going to go through. Me neither. But I'm not really worried about it either. I right. I don't. Yeah, I know. You're not as on, I, you're not on Twitter like. Well, like, I I assign like I, I assign so. no I assign <laughs> I assign no epical. Um, importance to this thing one way or the other. I'm like, who cares? No, but it is interesting. It's fun. To, it's fun to follow. The, the, so. It's I, my my diversion is baseball, not Twitter. So probably healthier. We're going pretty. That's a good diversion these days. Probably healthier. Healthy get outside. Get out of the sunshine. Find your own business. Usual. Twenty two and eight. New York Yankees. The important thing is that the Mets have yet to collapse like we know they're going to. The season won't be complete until the Mets have some run of I don't bad know. luck. Phil Kirpin keeps saying Subway Series. Phil Kirpin. This is the year of the Subway Series. Phil Kirpin needs to step away from the narcotics. So one of the reasons that I think this deal might be a little shaky. The Mets? Uh, no. The Mets Twitter. are shaky in general. Twitter. This Elon Musk bid is uh, the amount of money he's got leveraged from Tesla. Yeah. Wall Street Journal editorial board on on the ninth earlier this on Monday had a great piece called "A High Speed Electric Vehicle Crash." I like the headline. The Rivian shares plunge as free money and hope for taxpayer subsidies ebb. Uh, Rivian shares uh, fell another twenty percent on Monday to twenty two bucks. I did not see after this. its stock lockup period for early investors expired. The EV startup wow. went public in November with 66.5 billion valuation and shares at 78. Stock surged to 172 amid investor euphoria fed by free credit and expectations that Congress would sweeten EV subsidies. At one point, yeah. Rivian commanded a $153 billion market value. Good gravy. They, didn't even, they haven't even sold a car oh, yet. Despite having delivered a mere 156 vehicles before its IPO. Gotta be kidding me. 
So basically a billion dollars a vehicle. Yeah. Rivian uh, slashed its production guidance this year by half <laughs> to 25,000 vehicles and raised the price of its pickup truck by $12,000 to 79500 $12,000. Hmm. Roughly the size of the EV subsidy plus bump up this that the crazy. government was promising. This is crazy. The talk. auto industry, correct? Prices of lithium nickels have have soared, et cetera, et cetera. Many, here's the end, end line. Many great companies survive rough markets, and Rivian may ride this one out and prosper. But its stock rise and fall is a warning about too much money chasing too little profit too soon. Now, since Elon Musk's announcement, Maybe it's coincidence, but its stock price has tanked also. Well, yeah. So that's an interesting story. How much? Like, a, like what? Like pretty precipitous. 25, 30%? It's an interesting story. And, and I wonder about this. I saw this, right? It, I, I, I want to be careful here because I actually, I, you know, Tesla is, they're making vehicles, right? Tesla is a luxury brand. Yes, they're making yes, they're vehicles. They're right? a luxury brand. They're, they're, they're that, legitimate that rich company. people like to buy. Yes. To show to showcase that their values, whatever right. those are, right? Exactly, exactly. And and honestly, Ford's criticism of their vehicles is legitimate. Like, sure, there's plenty of evidence sure. of botched but, vehicles sure, running sure, around sure. in, in, in um, the world. It, well, they just they just had a recall because of the touchscreen for 130 thousand of them, right? Which yeah. is about what a half a year sales, three quarters of your sale. Anyway, my point was, the tech stocks have been getting creamed in the last three weeks, right? Yeah, what hasn't been getting creamed are the energy stocks. If you think about it, Tesla's stock has been acting very much like a tech stock, which it really is. It's not an automotive stock. It's not an energy stock. It's a tech stock. And it's been getting killed with the rest of the tech stocks. And I'd like to say I feel bad about that, but I don't, so I can't. <laughs> okay. If there's, if there's ever been a sector or a group of human beings in American history who needed to get knocked down a couple of pegs, it's a smart Alex in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Go I'm ahead. Come at me, I'm boys. With you on that. Come at I me. I am with you on that, kind sir. So, okay. Um, Obama's former economist, Stephen Ratner. Yes. He of the, he of the bailout. Said this about Biden's $1.9 trillion spending spree. It will go down in history as an extraordinary policy mistake oh good i thought it was just going to go down as an ordinary one president biden has a different opinion i think our policies help not hurt think about what they say the vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economists think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve but it's not because of spending we brought down the deficit. The bottom line is how much does America owe? How much in the hole are we going? We're reducing that. <laughs> I'm not finished. I got some more Biden for you. Please, I just no I gotta I gotta give no you a more couple Biden. more Biden. Please no more. <clears throat> Listen to this one. Oh no. Why do you believe so many Americans believe that your administration is not doing enough? to combat inflation, <laughs> and do you believe that you and your administration bear some measure of responsibility for the inflation that we're seeing across the country? First is we're in power. That's the first thing. And you're justifiably right, we control all three branches of the government. 
<laughs> Didn't he just write a campaign commercial? Oh, well, they're in power. You just drive. Control all three branches of government. He even got the southern accent in there. We're all three government. <laughs> all right. It's just, he just basically admitted it. We're I, the ones I, in power. I, you know, and we control the government. That's, he was a good senator. Uh, I don't know. I don't have to tell you. All right. Uh, this sticking with energy, I got a few more, and then we can move on to something that our listeners will probably enjoy better. This is from the Washington Times, uh, the most recent piece from a gentleman named Michael McKenna. Yikes. Republican senators unwisely propose new energy tax. Yeah, they. my editor added that word unwisely, and I'm very grateful she did because I just had it. Republican senators propose new energy tax. I was like, hey, here it is. Here's this big stinky fish. Good luck, boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two Senate Republicans, but there's actually three. There's actually kind four. Of, kind of, kind there's of four. Graham. There's four because Mitt Romney's in that crowd too. But Kevin Kramer, but you pointed out the ones that should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, Kevin Kramer of North Dakota and Bill Cassidy of Louisiana. Two of our three most um, intensive energy producing states in the country. Seem to be taking West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin's latest legislative effort as a moment to advocate for higher taxes for consumers. Sounds crazy, right? Says Michael McKenna. Turns out they favor something called a carbon border adjustment tax. Well, they'd say mechanism. I say tax. It's, you know, we're, we're getting into semantics here. Yeah. Let's, let's walk our, our readers through the, through this a little bit and, and the folly of it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, pretty, it's pretty simple. You'd impose, um, you would impose a fee on goods and services, including raw materials like crude oil, um, that came in from countries that didn't have um, uh, emissions controls with respect to greenhouse gases. Um, that would include basically everything we bring in from China and all the crude oil we bring in or don't have comparable emissions controls to the ones in the United States. Now, two ways to look at this. Way number one and the way um, the way the senators are unfortunately looking at it because they've been tutored by um, – on wise people themselves, is that, hey, this is going to be great for America because it's going to mean lots more oil and gas and lots more manufactured goods in the States. Yeah, there's only one problem with that. To have this thing run, you actually have to have an internal price on carbon. In other words, you have to have a national carbon tax right. switch to benchmark it off of. And as we've been over and over and over again, and God almighty, please somebody just vote on this because I'm sick of talking about it. Carbon tax is hugely regressive, and it will do nothing to help climate change. It will, however, damage the poor, the elderly, those on fixed incomes, local institutions like schools and hospitals. And what's more, and not what's more, but because of all of this, the American people have reject it. They don't want it. They want no part of it. And people who are in favor of this thing, this Rube Goldberg device, this latest Rube Goldberg device, um, should be ashamed of themselves. I mean, I get a guy like Sheldon Whitehouse, right? He's a yeah. He's never met a taxi right. Exactly. Taxi you know, he's a honor alike. He's a collect. He's a collectivist, and his your money is his money. But these two guys, Senator Kramer, Senator Cassidy, I beg of you, both of you, go back to your staffs and ask them to seriously consider what it would mean for your states because yeah. it would not be good. There are so many problems with this, and and one of them. Uh, I'll point out Senator Kramer had a quote in E&E News. To me, one of the bigger challenges is that Europe is so far out in front on the whole concept. It's 
hard to tell them to slow down, but at the same time, I'd like to reconcile with them first. And then I think we'll all move forward better. Yeah. And then- Has Senator Kramer looked at the European energy situation recently. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I bet uh, you, I bet you has. What What I'm interested in that quote is two things. First off, who in the United States, and I mean this seriously, who in the United States ever looks at Europe and says, "Yeah, I want to be those guys." Uh, I know who. Yeah, all the guys on the left. Secretary Kerry, Special K. Yeah, all the guys on the left. Everybody at Obama said we got to be more like yeah. Europe. Yeah, and then the second thing I get, like I said, everybody in the left. And the second question I got for Senator Kramer is, who the hell does he represent? Does he represent Europe? Is he representing some vague, amorphous America that he doesn't, you know, that he, he represents the people of the state of North Dakota. And I'm willing to bet you that if I went up and did a survey in the state of North Dakota about this, and you know what, I might do it just as a freebie, just to stick it to everybody. I'd probably only get about 85% of the people in North Dakota saying, we're going to do what? Yeah. Because that sounds like idiocy. Yeah. Uh, E&E, this was, I missed this last week. You shouldn't have got me started on that. Special K. Oh, boy. Special Envoy Kerry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Said. Giant step backwards, That he thinks maybe 1.8 degrees is the amount of... Yeah, of warming that we can tolerate. that the world would reach by the end of the century if every country successfully meets their climate pledges in full and on time. Yeah, he, look, he's We just, want to say on the accessible target of 1.8 degrees, and the only way to do it is to fully implement the promises that we have made, Kerry said. So Kerry's walking back the plethora of quotes that he has said over the years about the grave consequences of going 1.51 degrees I'll make it simpler than that. I'll make it simpler than that. He's just a damn science denier. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, by his own own metric, he's a science denier now. Yeah. Apparently, he rattled some of his friends on the left by this. He he should resign. We're moving the goalposts, and that's just not wise. That's right. He's a denier. He should resign. His own metric, he should resign. It's just, this is shocking. I'm shocked. Shocked. But thankfully, Tokyo is doing its part. Huh? This piece was in Bloomberg yesterday. TV binges, heated toilets targeted in Tokyo's energy saving push. (laughs) Japan's capital is joining governments globally and asking citizens to save power. By unplugging energy-hungry appliances. First off, I didn't know you could buy heated toilets. Oh, no, no. You don't understand. That's awesome. Japan has the the greatest toilets in the world. That's awesome. They are. I want one now. They are luxury. Luxury heat. They got the whole, all the water features and everything else. They've got like a perfume in there. Anyhow, um, authorities are examining almost every possible way to reduce power demand. In Tokyo, officials are urging residents to watch TV an hour less a day, switch oh. off the keep warm mode on rice cookers, and refrain from using the heater function on their toilet seats until winter. Yeah, I mean, I why would you need that in the summertime? On the other hand, why would you need a government agency to tell you not to use electricity when you could just maybe say, hey, why don't you guys just do something simple like <laughs> build another power plant? Hey, listen, at least they're trying to do their part, Okay. God, it's just been a tough day. I'm just, I've had it with people. 
these, especially at ASC. But the heated toilet seats, that's a winner. Can we get can we get that in here? Can we get seats? Can we get heated seats here? In this room, this yeah. studio is hot. We don't need heated seats in this studio. Oh, I'm already man. sweating. Okay, I'm already sweating. Okay, but but um, can't we? Um, just... Here, here's my question for you. Yes. If if Elon Musk, instead of spending forty four billion dollars buying Twitter, could have fed the poor and say, the hungry in the world, everybody heated toilet seats. Why should the United States be? Authorizing forty billion. Oh yeah, four that, zero billion. Like, can't okay. the same argument so, be made? So, am I right in thinking that the um, the 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 procedural place that this is, it's passed the House and it awaits Senate action. That is correct. Yeah, um, unless they did something today that I'm not I, aware. I, of. I, I didn't get anything. But I think they're voting today on the. They already did. Allow people to. They already did. You know, it lost abortions it lost the, as it, long it, as, as the motion to proceed. Motion to proceed only got fifty-one votes. Um, yeah, the forty billion, right? So, forty billion dollars. The interesting thing additional is, on top of. Oh, yeah, we're already already, at, we're already at twenty billion. I think. It's, yeah. it, it, so sixty billion, forty the, billion. The interesting thing is what it's for and how long it goes, right? This is not emergency aid. This is this is a this is this is money that goes directly to the Ukrainian government. To um, it's going to fund their general funds, their pensions, and their GF needs. Right. So this is not you know this is not going for military. And not only that, it goes through FY twenty twenty four. Right. So this is not hey we need like a six month get me over. We are basically con- we are we are constructing a um, we are constructing a client state. In the middle of Europe. Well, we we kind of had and, one before. I mean, we at least we had this. Ukraine was the place where all these politicians laundered, got all their money laundered, or got kickbacks. It, it, Hunter Biden, I, who was J- John Kerry's person on the payroll. I don't, I don't even care. All I know for sure is, um, we're about to have a crisis in baby formula. We already have one. Supply chain baby formula, right? Nothing. Nothing. My guess is is this is going to be very dicey in the Senate because people people are just starting to learn about it yeah. and the the outrage is starting to to simmer, right? It there were 150 odd Dem- uh, Republicans who voted for this thing. There were only about 55 who voted against it. Yeah. Um those yeah. Fi- and those 50 the 55 are predictable, right? The the the, the 55 good guys. Um my guy voted for it. Ron Whitman, I'm going to go I'm going to track him down over the weekend and say, "Hey man, what in the hell is going on in your head to vote for that kind of thing? You want to vote for another $5 billion for javelin missiles and stuff? Great. Have at it. You want to kill people? Fine. But this, we're just buying Ukraine one piece at a time. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be a campaign thing. This one vote, I, I'm almost certain, is going to cost more than one member of Congress their jobs because this is outrageous and and not outrageous like the usual congress outrageous where you're just like hey you're spending money we don't have this is you're spending money on somebody we don't care about instead of baby formula or trains or something legitimate i, I think there was a lot of like backing and forthing on this ukraine thing i think people were legitimately concerned about it and maybe thought maybe they shouldn't do it but then this happened in Kiev the other day. Stand by Ukraine, by Ukraine. Stand by Ukraine, by Ukraine. Stand by Ukraine, by Ukraine. Stand 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 by Ukraine
Yeah. You know, you know that, that you can't. And I latched it. <laughs> I got to read this tweet. It's yeah. so good. Mm-hmm. In a last-ditch effort to drive Russian troops out of Ukraine, <laughs> Zelensky resorts to inviting Bono and the Edge <laughs> to perform possibly the most heinous act committed in the conflict to date. <laughs> so, listen, we were like, I'm not making light of the situation. We were praising Ukraine's propaganda, but now they've gotten a little bit like comedic about it. Somebody, and I wish I could remember who, somebody on the left, I think, said, um, all great movements start out as a cause and then become a business. Yeah. And then eventually become a racket. Yeah, we're getting to the racket phase. We're, we're, we're somewhere between the business and the racket end of this thing right another, now. Another tweet. Um, let me get this straight. During the halftime of the Russo-Ukraine war, you two is invited and plays a concert <laughs> in a bomb shelter in Kiev with Dr. Flotus and the Canadian commie in attendance. Is this part of Lend-Lease or just how they blow billions of dollars we've already sent? Um, so, I mean, you're right. I mean, people are like, okay, I'm for this. These guys, I'm, I'm... I want this. these guys to win, but now it's gotten racket stage government racket stage i'm gonna i'm gonna say what i always say here you know we we're picking sides on a war that we don't completely understand um and you know reflexively we don't like the russians i get that but i'm not sure that the ukrainians are our friends i'm not sure they like us i'm not sure at the end of this they're going to be allies they're not allies now um you know they're not part of nato we have no defense agreement with them we're not at war I just want to remind everybody of that. And yet somehow, we just spent $40 billion, We're about to spend $40 billion more. I encourage everybody. I try not to encourage everybody to do this. But I'm going to encourage everybody. Call your United States senator and encourage them to take a hard look at this and think, do you really want to buy yourself a state in Europe? And if you did, would you buy Ukraine? Yeah, right. I mean, I myself. I'd rather buy Bulgaria. I would not frankly. buy Bulgaria. That's ridiculous. I know what I'd buy. I'd buy Venice and the Veneto. <laughs> Make it, make it, make it decent <laughs> offer to the Italians. Put their casinos up in. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, I'm done. I got one little quick stat for you. 25% of electric vehicle charging stations don't work <laughs> across that. the San Francisco Bay Area region. <laughs> in the, in the heart of, of the EV, hell? like mandated EV. Governor mm. Gavin wants to mandate them all. It's going pretty well, guys. The 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 Green New Deal is is if, is kicking if, ass and taking names. If 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 Mike Schellenberger doesn't win that race, there's no justice in this world. <laughs> um, what do you have? And then I'm going to close with our our beloved president and maybe throw some tally at the end there. I got three things real quick. First off, um, first off, Senator Schumer's vote today um, and the appointment of the new press secretary at the White House are are connected by a single thread, and that is. Apart from the fact that we disagree with the administration and some of the Democrats on the Hill on substance, I want to point out they're not very good at what they do. You're not supposed to make members of your own party walk a plank in the United States Senate. The, 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 one of the sole things that a majority leader does is protect his members. Protect his members right. from terrible votes that they're going to regret. Right. Like and the they thing will they regret this today. one. Look at Bob Casey. And, and right. And, and Karine Jean-Pierre, right? It's almost as if the Biden administration is trying to provoke everybody. You know, they hired for the for the for the face of the administration. They hired somebody who 
believes white people are racist. I don't know how else to say that nicely, so I'm just going to say that, right? Um, it's not about ideology at a certain point. It's about competence, and these guys don't have any of it, which should make all of us very nervous because they actually are running this country. That's the thing one. Thing two is what's happened in the last 10 days is 2024 campaign is finally on. Mike Pompeo went to, went to um, Pennsylvania and counter-programmed um, the boss's endorsement of Dr. Oz by saying, I think Dr. Oz is a threat to national security. Mm-hmm. Pompeo couldn't have made it any clearer. I yeah. am running and I don't care yeah, what. of course. I don't care what Trump thinks about that. Right. Okay. Same thing happened yesterday when Rick Scott got up and said, hey, I think the president's incompetent, incapacitated, and should resign. That was Rick Scott's announcement yeah, of, yeah. hey, guess what? Everybody else is getting in his sweepstakes. Yeah, you, me want, you too. want to take me on? I'll talk back. Me I, too. I, I'm not, he's not a shrinking violent. So, so this, you know, this when we look back and on it. Of course, it, Biden called him the senator from Wisconsin. Senator from Wisconsin, which helped tremendously <laughs> um, to, make, to make Rick's point for him, right? Right. Um, point is, early May 2022, we are now in cycle for 2024, which I'm excited about, right? Sure. Um, Last thing, um, this thing in Germany, right? Um, this, this, this. What happened in Germany last year, where the wind power didn't show up, and they had to burn natural gas. Right? Follow me, because it's just going to take a second or two as I go around the horn here. They had to burn natural gas, which means it wasn't there to heat their homes. It has led to a bunch of things, including, in no particular order, Putin deciding to invade Ukraine when he decided to do sure. it. I'm, I'm not saying he would have, he wouldn't have done it, but. The reason why he chose now is because he knew the Europeans were not going to be able to sanction him on gas and poor money, right? The other thing it led to is increased prices for fertilizer all over the planet, and not just a little bit, doubling of fertilizer prices. What we're going to see in probably the late summer and early fall and certainly the winter, we're going to see starvation at at um, pretty significant levels in South Asia and Africa because of that. They're not going to be able to get fertilizer, right? Um, I want everybody to think about that when you're thinking about energy systems. When you start letting people who don't know anything about energy systems muck around in them and say, sure, we can have windmills and solar panels and everything will be just fine. All the dead people in Africa and South Asia this winter and Texas from starvation because they couldn't get fertilizer and Texas because they couldn't get power in a a cold snap, heat. that's direct consequence. Yeah. We're not talking about marginal items here. We're talking about life and death items here. Yeah, and it's not it's not like there's going to be a switch that flips. Um, Centelli hinted at it. I've seen this in a lot of Centelli's places. Centelli's totally there's right. There's nothing we're not going to see. We're, there's not going to be a return to the good old days. There will be. a very long time. For a while. There will be, but for it won't happen. But it, we have to get all of these systems corrected. That's right. And the Black Rocks, we got to sweep all this garbage right. out of the investing community. And that's right. And, and that's why, and by the way, that's so. why when a guy like Jamie Dimon says what he says, and a guy like Larry Fink yeah. does what he does, part of me is like, okay. Yeah, well, the worst part is, is you know, you know they okay. Make, they, maybe they understand uh, the damage. they amounts of money like, well, you know, way, that, they'll, they'll reverse, they'll shift on a dime. They probably will. But the mere fact that they acknowledge now the arguments that we're making are correct. Yeah, I, listen, must for be all painful. you listeners, we'll put a way to donate to the American Energy Alliance in the show notes <laughs> because we've been singing this song for yeah, a man. very long time and it's yeah. coming around. Yeah, and and so, I, I especially, as you can tell, I especially worry about the fertilizer thing. That's a yeah, that's a it's that's a big a, deal. It's a, and it's happening very quietly. Nobody's nobody's talking because about it. The the stuff they're planning now 
They yes. paid double. The farmers paid double yes. for the fertilizer. Yeah, and you know, last fall, not going to matter to North America, not going to matter to South America, probably not going to matter to the Europeans, but it's going to matter in Asia and it's going to matter in Africa, and you know, it it, it it's bad, and uh, and some of it's our fault because we obviously didn't do a good enough job. Explaining why this stuff's important. Oh, we get, there's a loud, angry mob on the other side of this discussion that you know. Yeah, man has has the media sort of tied into it. So All right. next week we talk about Irish reunification. All right. In the meantime, some words of wisdom from our beloved president of the United States. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week that the number one threat is the strength. And that strength that we built is inflation. So the Fed should. <laughs> He's so hopeless. It is. It is a sight to be seen. It's a wonder. It's a wonder. All right. I think we are. Uh, I think we're wrapping. Uh, we're gonna. We're gonna close out with a little more Telly Savalas. Who loves you, baby? Loves you, baby. <laughs> make it stop. They don't make television like that anymore. Probably for the best. <laughs> Namaste. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>